0: Hello, my name is Christopher Monroe and welcome to the soundtrack to a life. Well,
1: it would've been, couldn't have worse than you would ever know. I own dashboard and melted bow, still have the race.
0: hello, welcome back to the Soundtrack to a Life. I remain Chris from the last time you heard from me. Avery is here. Tell everybody about yourself, Avery.
1: I'm Avery. I'm a host of a podcast. It's called The Mess Hall Podcast. I sit down with people on a weekly basis and we just talk about food and have fun with that. And I'm a Black Sabbath fan, so I, I I really like... I know we're talking about Modest Mouse on this one, but I really liked what you set up and I really liked the list that you made. I I never listened to the whole album of Modest Mouse before. I've heard a single, like, I've heard um, Dashboard before, so I was really excited to hear the whole album. It was a fun adventure, I'd have to say.
0: Nice! And Avery and I are here talking today, as has been hinted, about <laughs> Modest Mouse's 2007 album, We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank.
1: Yes. Sorry for ruining it for everybody. <laughs> oh,
0: just spoilers out the yin-yang over here. Johnny Mars had a weird career. The Smiths, obviously and his solo work has been more delightful than we had any right to expect from an artist this far into his professional life. But you'd expect that from a genre icon. Huge, iconic band, solo material upon the band's disillusion. All very standard, very predictable career trajectory. Except, in this case, for the fact that between the breakup of The Smiths and the release of his first solo album, Johnny allowed 25 years to elapse. And that's the period where the really interesting work takes place. Because, so far as I can tell, At some point during the Smiths' disillusion, somebody told Johnny Marr that he could do basically anything, and he decided he'd do everything. In addition to reinventing himself as one of the most sought-after session guitarists on the indie scene, the man was part of, conservatively, half a dozen bands. The man loved to work, and said yes to a lot of projects with a lot of people. I don't know if this is exactly how it happens. I suppose it almost certainly not. But I like to imagine Mr. Marr hearing a record from a younger, up-and-coming band, falling in love, and flying there to join them for their follow-up. He'd record with them, accompany them on tour, and then, before they could even thank him, hop on the next boxcar to the next small town and the next band, littlest hobo style. Maybe tomorrow he'd try to settle down, until tomorrow he'd just keep moving on. Fanciful? Yes. But also, this is kind of how Johnny Marr ran his career for 25 years. And that's brilliant. If you can get away with it, why wouldn't you? Johnny Marr played on a lot of records I loved during this period, and he helped turn out the high-water mark for a lot of bands I care about, but forced to choose a band with which he gelled best, I'd probably pick Modest Mouse. Weird, cerebral, jittery indie rock, hyperliterate, hyperkinetic, hyper-kinetic, and unafraid to stretch out and try something weird. This was a band that could make proper use of Mr. Marr's talents, and on We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank, Modest Mouse put out a slice of Bush-era Northwestern indie rock that it comes as close to perfect as a record from this era could be. Don't get me wrong. This record would have been great with or without Johnny. Good news for people who love Bad News is a classic in its own right, after all, and Modest Mouse were coming off four albums of sharply written, angular indie rock that put them in a position where Mr. Marr would want to join the band in the first place. There are no bad choices in the Modest Mouse catalogue, but something about the union of these two forces created a record that, to me, is greater than the sum of its parts. I enjoy every Modest Mouse record, but this is the one I come back to again and again. Every Modest Mouse record can sweep you up and push you forward, but this is the one that will not, cannot, be denied. I'd liked Modest Mouse previous to this record, but this was the record where I fell in love, and Mr. Johnny Marr is part of the reason why. And Modest Mouse, in turn, were the reason I remembered why, two decades after the breakup of the Smiths, I'd so long loved Johnny Marr. So Avery. You'd never heard We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank by Modest Mouse. And now you have. Tell me, what do you think?
1: I I enjoyed it. It was fun. It was a really fun listen. I heard Dashboard before, which is a fun video. I've seen that. And when I started listening right from the beginning right to the end, I I really, really liked it. There's some good high notes. There's some little low notes. Um, I really liked the guitar work. I thought that was impressive. It just had its own style. And what I liked about it is each song is... Almost a story.
0: It was actually originally conceived as a concept album about a boat crew where the crew dies in every song.
1: I read that. Like, I was trying to research the album a little bit. And when I read that, I listened to it again. I I listened to the album several times. And then I was just trying to pick out, oh, what happened here? What happened here? So I thought that was a cool concept. Yeah, like,
0: such a weird call. Like, that's deeply... And I mean, I guess that's Portland indie bands. From the early two thousands, because like the Decembrists were doing similar things uh, with concept work yeah. during this period. Dandy Warhols were doing like weird concept records.
1: I wonder if they came up with the idea of the ship and everybody dies before they wrote the songs, so or they wrote a song and they're like, "Oh, let's do a whole album around this." So.
0: Yeah, because I could see it happening both ways. Like you could see them sitting down. This is our record about a ship crew, and they will die in every song. We're getting to the third song that's about that by accident.
1: Yes. (laughs)
0: Going, "Ah, I guess we're just leaning in now.
1: Yeah, and I guess questions on answer for me, and that's the biggest one. What came first? The chicken or the egg almost in this scenario. So it's an interesting idea. It's a cool idea. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy the album so much.
0: Yeah, it's a a fun spin to put on it. Because I don't know, I mean, I will find out if I cover... Modest Mouse on the show again. I don't promise not to. Modest Mouse are dope and I'll talk about them twice. Yeah. And you guys at home, you will listen. Or maybe you won't. That's your right. But if there are other records of this high concept?
1: Yeah. I think I'm looking forward to listening to some other ones now too. When when I think about it as like a boat ride, this album is almost like a boat ride because like it goes up, it goes down, it's up and down over the waves. So that's the way I looked at it after the third time. So it's like,
0: yeah, it really ebbs and flows. Like There's a lot of motion to this music. There's a lot of energy, but it's almost like a weird nervous energy.
1: Yeah. like Even at the first, like, dashboard, you're getting this high, high. It's such a fun song. And then fired up, it sort of brings you down, but it's still a good song, but in a different direction. And then it's just like, get those ups and downs. The downs aren't a bad down, they're just like a different sound.
0: Yeah, it's like an energy dip. It's like a breather.
1: Yeah, yeah, I can see
0: that. In between songs that are all, like, momentum and attack.
1: Yeah, I totally get that, where you're coming from.
0: Yeah, and, like, the guitar work on it is crazy. Like, Johnny Marr is arguably the best guitarist of a generation.
1: Yeah, and I didn't hear a lot of Smiths. They weren't my thing to listen to when I was younger. So I missed out on the whole Smiths and then Morrissey. I wasn't a huge fan of Morrissey. Yeah. So maybe that's why I didn't get back into Smiths. But maybe I will now that I know more about the guitarists.
0: Well, I personally am very partial to them. I'm absolutely going to see Morrissey in... uh, Well, I shouldn't say that. I'm perhaps (laughs) going to see Morrissey in October. Because you buys your Morrissey tickets, you takes your chances. The dude cancels some shows.
1: Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It is a rescheduled show to um, replace a show in Calgary that he was meant to do in, I believe, March or April.
1: Okay, I knew that he was coming, so... Was...
0: Yep, he never showed up. Oh. I think somebody took ill, or some such thing, and then it got rescheduled for October, which may or may not happen.
1: Well, hopefully it does, for your sake.
0: I do hope so, yeah. At the same time, like 35 and years into his career, anybody who's on board knows that if you buy a ticket, there's a good chance to show him.
1: And I think the way you're going, Morrissey, I know that his fans are, and probably you are the same, are huge Morrissey fans, and...
0: Yeah, nobody likes that dude a little. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. It's either like love all your passion, or maybe not hate. Like I don't, I wouldn't say I hate him, but I'm no, I'm just not a big fan. Like I never really got into him. So.
0: Yeah, he is one of our more hateable celebrities. Like part of an ethos where you don't care what other people think of you is that some people are going to think badly of you.
1: Yeah, but there's a lot of people like that out there. So,
0: but yeah, just to run down the list, in addition to the Smiths, Johnny Marr had. Over the course of the 90s and 2000s, been a member of the bands, The The, The Pretenders, Electronic with Bernard Sommer from New Order, Seven Worlds Collide with Neil Finn from Crowded House, Modest Mouse for this, obviously, and The Cribs. And he also played on Brian Ferry, Oasis, Billy Bragg, Kirsty McCall, Black Grape, Jane Birkin, Beck, Talking Heads, and Pet Shop Boys Records.
1: <laughs> a little bit of everything.
0: Yeah. Like, he loves to work.
1: Yeah, and that shows. Like, being that talented, why would you not want to work that much?
0: Yeah. He's found a job that he loves, and he's never worked a day in his life.
1: Yeah, and that's so true.
0: We should all be so lucky.
1: Yes, I would love to be in that position as well.
0: Right? And I appreciate how little ego there is to the work that he's doing here.
1: Yeah, because it's not guitar. Like, there's a good guitar center to it, but it's not all about guitar. Like, the lyrics are taking over a lot. And the voice. Oh, that guy's got a great
0: voice. Yes. Like, really distinctive and unique. Yes. And evocative.
1: I love distinct voices. And I know it goes, like, people either love it or hate it, like, say, Rush or Motorhead. Those distinct voices really draws me in. the Constantine's, I really like them, but he has a really unique voice as well, so.
0: Yeah, I would rather love, hate a voice than generic but very good
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Television quality, reality show winner singing voice.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's one of the reasons why I was drawn to Modest Like It does have that uniqueness. It has that specialness. And I don't think that's a word, but it has that quality to it that I really enjoy.
0: It's good music for pulling you in.
1: Yeah, it is. And every time I listen to the album, it pulled me in the whole time.
0: Right on. Yeah, no, it involves you. At the time of the recording of this record, Uh, Modest Mouse had just been on the radio for basically the first time in their career with Float On. So in addition to the weird choices that they've made already, this was definitely their label coming to them, and I love this, uh, their label coming to them to say, okay, you guys, Float On was actually kind of a hit. We were not expecting you to be like a commercial radio band, but you might get there. How about a big commercial push? Dope. We're gonna be doing a record of sea shanties. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even worry, we got it. It'll be commercial AF. You do not have to worry about us. Every song will end in death.
1: Yeah, <laughs> R- right from the boat to the death. We're going to the sea on this one.
0: Yeah, I like I, just such a like. It's a weird call for this style of music, and there was a lot of that. I kind of missed this period. Where every other song on the radio was like a weird, jittery indie track?
1: I know exactly what you're saying. You're so right, because everything was almost the same, I I think, around this time. I started to pull away from a lot of the top 40, listen to the radio stuff for my life. So I was more buying CDs and trying to listen to the whole CD instead of just the top 40 kind of music. So I missed a lot of stuff in that way. I just stuck to what I knew and what I liked.
0: Which I mean you can do. But then you know find different things that you might like. At which point you host a podcast and you invite people on and have them fucking tell you what to listen to. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but there was around this time I was listening to a lot of live music as well. Probably a little bit before this album came out. I know this came out in two thousand seven, but like say two thousand three to two thousand and seven ish. I was listening to a lot of Local bands, local shows. So I used to try to get out as much as I could, and I was really enjoying that. So live music was definitely a, I wouldn't say influence on my life, but it's something that I really, really enjoyed. So
0: yeah, I'm going to every concert that I can now. I had a health scare a couple of years ago, and I'm fine now, but wow, almost dying one time uh, yeah. makes it easier for you to do fun shit that you can't really justify to yourself doing. Just a little voice in the back of your head. Uh, I can't really afford these concert tickets. You might be dead by the end of the week. Okay, I want to pay for these concert tickets. <laughs> Figure out how later.
1: Yeah, I, I totally get that. I, I've been taking the same sort of approach with some stuff. Not so much concerts, but other aspects of life. So I, I totally get where you're coming from. So
0: Yeah, you got to. You got to. Life is so short and it could end like any moment. Yeah,
1: it could.
0: I never caught these guys. A bunch of my buddies road tripped. To catch them in Seattle on the tour behind this album, and I was just furious that I couldn't go.
1: I feel that this, like Modest Mouse, is a band that you would tour around to see, almost like the Grateful Dead. Not so much dedicated as Deadheads, but I could see people getting in a van, going around, to seeing three or four, maybe more Modest Mouse shows. Like,
0: yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they inspire that kind of loyalty.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: I keep threatening to do that. <laughs> not with Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse are not to the best of my knowledge on tour. They might be by the time this episode airs. I hope so. But so far as I know there's nothing. But I keep threatening to do the um Seattle, Portland, Vancouver yeah. follow a band
1: around. I am not following a band around, but I'm going to Seattle, Vancouver next week. So <laughs> Oh nice. What you doing down there? I have no idea yet. Nice I just booked my hotel today.
0: The checks <laughs> out. We were just in Vancouver. Nice. Uh we went last week to catch a bunch of my friends out there and to catch James and the Psychedelic Furs play. It was James's first North American tour in, like, 20 years. Nice. And um, Psychedelic Furs, I was not as familiar with. But it turns out, they are great. And that's on me for not having listened to them more.
1: I love listening to opening bands. When I go to a concert, I'm not there just to see the headliner. <clears throat> I'm like, yeah, I go on to see just the headliner. But I make sure I get there early. I want to hear the opening bands. Because you never know it. Kind of band that they bring with them.
0: Yeah, the opening band might be your new favorite act.
1: That's happened a couple times. Like, well, maybe not my favorite act, but just falling in love with the band. And because you know they'll have the main band and then maybe one opening band on the schedule, but then two other bands before that, and that's what yeah. I'm there to see as well. So
0: come there for the whole thing. You paid for an experience. Yeah. Plus, it just really allows you to. Uh, when Julian Baker organizes Sled Island, say. Oh, yeah, I caught her opening for Bell and Sebastian in, uh... Oh, that sounds real hipstery of me. Maybe I should shut (laughs) the up.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. Sled Island, that's an amazing event, too. That's
0: always so fun. I did not get to go out for any of Sled Island this year. I was a little bit broke, and also I wanted to go to Folk Fest. Oh, okay. The day that uh, Bell and Sebastian headlines, because I have, like, those guys since high school. But I always go to one of Sled Island Folk Fest or Terminus. And then complain that I'm not unlimitedly funded.
1: <laughs> you might have the same retirement plan as me as trying to win the lottery and then living out your concert drinks that way.
0: That sounds great. Yeah, it's either I need it for the lottery to hit or I need for society to collapse and some kind of Mad Max type dystopia to happen.
1: And then concerts every weekend.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the dude from uh, The Shins, James Mercer, sings back up. On, uh, we got everything Missed the Bose and Florida, which makes sense. They're also from that kind of Pacific Northwest, a little bit weird hipster nonsense from 2005 era of music, which I refer to as that, but it's also probably like my favorite or second favorite era of music.
1: Yeah. Hipster nonsense
0: from 2005 <laughs> is something I have unlimited time
1: for. Yeah, I, I, I like that era of music. It brings back good memories for me. Yeah. That, like I said, that's when I was going to a lot of concerts. Um, that was mostly on the east coast though, so I never had that Portland experience, like going Portland or keeping it weird or anything like that, but there was that jam band vibe in Halifax where I was living. So I gotta see a lot of that. And that that's what Modest Mouse reminds me of a little bit as well. Like I'll put them like Modest Mouse or Fish or something like that in the same category almost for for myself. Like I know they're not the same. But bringing back those good memories,
0: yeah they have this they have a similar kind of atmosphere, yeah, like it's some people who genuinely like each other,
1: yeah, exactly hanging
0: out and they happen to be in a decently successful band
1: yeah and just fun, just a lot of fun and that's that's what I get from the album fun,
0: yeah, it's really fun, it's really fun, and it did well for them this record wound up going to number one in both the US and Canada. it went at gold in both countries. It was leaked to the internet a month before it came out, and that did not affect their sales at all. I like stories like that. I like when someone creative follows the whim of their own weird, inscrutable muse, and that does work out.
1: <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs>
0: right? We want something commercial. Here's a record of Sea Shanties. It was weirdly commercial.
1: <laughs> and successful. Yeah. I think for me to know all the songs on it, that's successful. Like... Reaching out to somebody like me, so like yeah. where, where I'm not actively listening for a whole album, but now I am.
0: Yeah, like it requires that kind of active listening. I enjoy music that you put on in the background while doing something else, as well. But sometimes you do want to feel fully engaged.
1: Yeah, and that's what I felt from this album. I started listening to it while I was doing something else, but I sort of put that something else away and. Listen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We're doing this now. We are focused on this thing, and um, it did well for them. It's weird that. Well, I guess it's not weird. This didn't start happening during this period. But there'll always be that like one indie band that blows up in a giant mainstream way, (laughs) and then spends the next two years nervously wondering how much of this new audience they're going to be allowed to keep. Hello, Portugal, demand.
1: I was. You're you're dope, but you'll never be on the radio again. I was thinking of Imagine Dragons.
0: Imagine Dragons, oh man. There will be no episode of this show where we don't bag on Imagine Dragons.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know that was the thing, but yes, I agree with you. Um.
0: I've stooped to some Imagine Dragons bashing. I don't care for them. I try to run a show that is uplifting and positive and has room in its heart for everyone. (laughs) Because that is a better way to live. So, maybe just, they're not for me.
1: No, and I me mean, neither. It's yeah. just, yeah, it feels like he...
0: They're someone's favorite band, they're not my favorite band. No.
1: So let's move away from them.
0: Yes. <laughs> this was the last time Modest Mouse were on the radio. Dashboard made it to number 61 on the Billboard Hot 100, which, for a band this weird, yeah, that feels right. Number one album, sold-out tour, single gets to, like, the bottom half of the charts.
1: Yeah. And and that's what I don't understand about radio sometimes, like, number one album, no single that reaches anywhere close to number one.
0: Well, it's changing now that album success is created by gaming Spotify's algorithm.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is some workarounds there, so it's kind of (laughs) interesting.
0: Don't know if it's better or worse (laughs) than just getting that one song.
1: Yeah, but you never know what comes out of that one song sometimes.
0: Yeah, frequently. I mean, like... All of the bands who have won the fluke indie hit lottery play festivals for the rest of their lives, and some portion of the people at that festival will go, oh shit, foster the people. I haven't thought about those dudes in forever. (laughs) And here they are. Hell, I'll go see that. Mm, Going is great. I go see Electric Six every other year. When they come to town, have you seen them live?
1: Several times. They're fucking fun. What a
0: fun band.
1: Yes, they are. I've been listening to Electric Six ever since Fire came out.
0: Yeah, I, uh, I took chelsea early in our relationship and i said okay we're gonna go see electric six are those the fire the disco guys why would i want to you have to trust me with this and then go on this adventure with me you will enjoy them live
1: and they are amazing live they put on an awesome show yeah they're so into it and so quick they don't take that time out in between it's just like song 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 and they just give the audience what they want to They do play some of their new stuff, which is awesome, too. Yeah, their new
0: material is quite good.
1: Yeah. um, I have a wide selection of albums and vinyl. I have one vinyl from them.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, I love love Electric 6. I could go on about Electric 6. They're
0: so good. They're so good. You can't do that on this show because we both like that record. Yes. And that is not my mandate. (laughs) (laughs) I need for at least one person in each of these conversations to not super know what's going on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but... I'd almost put Electric 6 in with this, like, fun album, this being a fun album. Yeah, I
0: absolutely would. Yeah, they're from, they're about, yeah, this feels era appropriate.
1: Yeah, because I think Electric 6 was, what, 2003 or so? Yeah,
0: that's hipster nonsense from 2005 enough.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was thinking when I got married and then we had some Electric 6 playing at our wedding, so.
0: Nice. That'd be a weird choice for a first dance, huh? I'm going to pitch it to Chelsea, see what she thinks. So, <laughs> I can't see why not right yeah. and this is um a very similar vibe like people will come to modest mouse knowing like two or three songs that don't even necessarily give you well i guess float on and dashboard give you a better sense of who modest mouse are yeah than uh danger high voltage and gay bar do for electric six yeah going through dashboard going yeah this is about right nervous jittery versus big soaring chorus Good music to scream out the window of your car into the night.
1: Yeah, and I do that a lot. <laughs> That's one of my favorite things. Like I have a couple electric six CDs in my car. I still collect CDs, so...
0: Nice. I got rid of all of my CDs when iTunes happened because I was working a job at the time that required me to move every three months. Oh, okay. And fitting them into suitcases was a giant pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. And I regret it.
1: Oh, especially since iTunes is... Super dead. Yeah. That's a polite way to put that, but yeah.
0: A <laughs> that's a dead format now, as all formats must eventually die. Yeah.
1: When I was listening to this, I was using Google Play, so that's that's my mode of listening for most part of at
0: home. So. Nice. Mixture of Spotify and vinyl. And vinyl's yeah. good, too. Yeah, vinyl's good. I like the process. Like, yeah. you're not really paying for vinyl. You're paying to wander around a shop for an hour. <laughs> Yeah. And talk to the dude who works there about music.
1: And then taking it out of the sleeve and putting it on the record player. And
0: yeah, the whole the thing. The
1: whole process. It's a relaxing almost. So. Yeah.
0: It brings its own atmosphere. And then by the time there are one after this came out, it was 2015. Okay, okay. If you're wondering why did they not sustain a level of success, they do not release music very often.
1: Well, there's only so many boat shanties you can write about.
0: That's a fact. Yeah. And eventually, a band does settle in, like a lot of not usually bands of this age, but like older artists will eventually settle into a. I'll release a record every eight or nine years. Yeah. Now and trust that all of my fans will come on the first day because they're excited to hear from me. But maybe Modest Mouse is that age of band now, and I'm just an old.
1: Awesome. <laughs> I feel the same way. I'm old too. So it's, yeah, it's like waiting for. Christmas to happen almost Yep. and at this age I feel like when a band does release an album after several years yeah it is my Christmas Mm -hmm. I can't wait to listen to it so
0: everybody shut up I'm only going to be talking about the new Suede record now (laughs) (laughs) for like two weeks while all of my friends want to punch me
1: yeah exactly (laughs) but it's worth it
0: yeah I feel very much that way Um, Pet Shop Boys are putting out a record possibly with Johnny Marr on it he does still sometimes guest on their songs probably this year And I'm very excited about it. They make dance music that sounds contemporary in their 60s. Nice. (laughs) And I like that because it puts me in mind of two dudes in their 60s in suits crushing it in a club in Ibiza, (laughs) sucking up dance music styles, and that feels so weird to me.
1: Yeah, it does sound weird, but weirdly fun.
0: Yeah, like they leaned into it. They're an 80s disco band who became a 90s disco band, and by the time they went, "Mm, maybe we don't need to be a disco band. Oh, it's too late, my friends. You have been doing disco music for 20 years, and you will be continuing to do so. It's too late to
1: turn back now.
0: That's correct. You're not busting out guitars at this late date.
1: (laughs) Not at all.
0: I want one of you to stand behind a keyboard, looking very slightly bored to be here.
1: (laughs) Bucking (laughs) off a horse almost. I love the,
0: Just about.
1: 80s keyboard player, it's one hand, and the other hand's playing. flailing. Yep. It's, it's a lot of fun.
0: No, I have a lot of time in my heart for 80s synth bands.
1: Nice.
0: Well, I mean, just from the Depeche Mode tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I have some time for that style of music. Yeah, Modest Mouse haven't done anything since 2015. They've released the occasional one-off single, but with eight years between We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank and its follow-up, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. They could be back with a record that they surprise drop on us, Beyonce-style, tomorrow.
1: <laughs> <laughs> or,
0: or we're done. <laughs> or they're not a band anymore, and I missed the announcement. Or in eight years, there's suddenly new Modest Mouse. Thing. Oh, good. I'll get on board immediately. I should probably fly somewhere to see them, because they're clearly not going to come to my town.
1: And I think I would travel to see Modest Mouse. I really would.
0: Yeah. You got a road trip to a gig. It's just fun to do. Yeah. We've road-tripped to
1: Minton to see Electric 6 a couple times. Have
0: you? Yeah. In addition to catching them here? Yeah. Nice. I missed them the last time that they came due to a medical issue, but I caught them both of the times previous, and we'll catch you the next time you're in town Electric 6. Probably April. Yep. That's almost certainly true. They are always here in April for some reason. And it C- works out. Catch them whenever they come to your town. Catch Sloan mm-hmm. whenever they come to your town. Yeah.
1: I've seen them a yeah. couple times. Yeah,
0: they're always here.
1: Yeah, they're back in October.
0: I'm going to go see them. What are they? What are they playing? Navy Blues in its entirety, or
1: I don't know. My wife asked me the other day if no. I want to go watch
0: them. I know that it's. I know that it's one of their records they're playing for its anniversary. Okay. They're doing that thing, but I don't, off the top of my head, remember which one. But that's all right because there are no bad answers with Slum. No, they are a goddamn national treasure.
1: They're. <laughs> I, I like them. I, oh, growing up on the East Coast, you had to. Yeah, that or, makes sense.
0: It's very mandatory. Shot, throwing
1: into the ocean and made out of a snow Mouse song yeah. about you.
0: That is correct. I actually could picture Monist Mouse doing a record about an East Coast town banding together to murder the one guy who doesn't like Sloan.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: like, that is just weird enough.
1: Yeah. And they'd make it work somehow.
0: Oh, absolutely. You would be leaning out your car window screaming Sloane into the night. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd be like, oh, that must, dude must love Sloan." No, it's Modest Mouse. <laughs> it's a weird long story. Don't think about it too hard.
1: No, you can't think about it. Uh, yeah. I'm still trying to rack my brain around why this whole album is focused on people dying on a boat.
0: Why not? In every song. They're not even, like, dying lengthily over the course of an album. <laughs> it's a different boat crew every time, maybe... <laughs> But, like, every single one ends with their death. They're the Aeon Flux of boat crews. <laughs> do you remember that cartoon? Is that a reference for Only Myself?
1: I've seen it a couple times. I haven't watched, like, the whole series or anything.
0: Yeah, it was funny. She died in the end of all of the original shorts. And then just back and never explain it. <laughs> you don't get to know why she's dying or what is bringing her back.
1: Just accept that she does. It's a mystery of the funness.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I do need to catch these guys. All of the other big Portland 2005-era places. Like, I've seen Dandy Warhols, I've seen Decembris, and I've seen Death Cab. I have not seen these guys, and it makes me real mad. Yeah, I think
1: when I go home, i will look them up, see if they're playing anytime time soon. Yeah,
0: it seems great. It seems like one, one to travel for. Although I have no vacation time this year, I have booked it out for social obligations and unrelated gigs to this.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think... Modest Mouse is something I can take my son to as well. So.
0: Yeah, that's definitely the case.
1: Yeah. Like, I brought him to Weird Al. He liked that. So I think I'd bring him to Modest Mouse if I had a chance. Yeah,
0: that seems like it'd be a good show. There was a weird number of kids when we went to see Rise Against. Oh, okay. But I guess, because like the people who liked Rise Against in 2003 have kids now.
1: Yes. I, I can see that. The only reason I never brought my son to Electric Six is because of the venues. Yeah, it's always a bar. Yeah.
0: They wouldn't lay your son to it.
1: <laughs> but maybe if they play in a stadium, I would bring them.
0: I would find them playing in a stadium. I would find most bands like this. I think this is what did this genre of music in. Now that I'm saying it out loud, it's time for weird theories. I think that what did this genre of music in was that it got so big.
1: Oh, okay. And it imploded on and bands, of itself. Or... Yeah,
0: kind of. Like bands like this are weird in a stadium.
1: Yeah. It, it's definitely a need to be close. Yeah, and at a bar setting.
0: Yeah, like I wanna, I wanna catch Electric Six, and I can catch Electric Six. And I don't want to catch Modest Mouse in a bar that is kind of bad.
1: Yeah. I don't even want them to be in
0: a particularly nice bar. Sticky I mean, floor. This is perfect. This is perfect. This is atmospheric as fuck. Yeah. And I am very much going to enjoy this show. Exactly. Uh, I caught at the height of this period Franz Ferdinand and Death Cab for Cutie double headlining in Edmonton.
1: Okay, that'd be a good concert. Yeah, it was a great
0: show. Both of those bands are great. Yeah. I want to say No, it's lost to me. I don't remember who the opener was. But like at the end they brought all the three bands drum kits on and just every member of these three bands are now doing a drum jam huh. that I did not ask for and had not realized I wanted,
1: but you got <laughs> and enjoyed it. It's so good. <laughs> But there's nothing wrong with
0: that. Yeah. And then I saw Death Cab again at the Stampede uh, a couple, three weeks ago, nice. whenever Stampede was,
1: and that was a lot more intimate. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. My wife wanted to go, but she didn't get the chance. Oh. So.
0: Uh-huh. To that show specifically or just to the Stampede yeah. in general? No,
1: uh, Death Cab. Yeah. She wanted to see them or, and July Talk, and there was another band playing. So
0: Yeah, it was a great show. It was a great show. They were very good. They had finished their actual tour in support of a new album. The week before in Edmonton. Uh, so they're just kicking around. And yeah, and then they're doing festival stuff.
1: I like festivals. Festivals, you get a good variety of music. Just a lot of bands. I like jam packing everything into one. So Yeah,
0: so good. So good. I spent too much time at the Stampede watching bands this year. I watched The Death Cab Show, and I watched Feist, and I watched um, King Princess, who one of my coworkers wanted to see. And then we went there, and King Princess is playing the Stampede on her way up.
1: Okay, nice.
0: Rather than later in life, and is dope, and everyone should listen to her. But also looking around that crowd going, man, I am the oldest person in this crowd. (laughs) By, like, a lot. I don't understand. I'm uncomfortable. I mean, like, I'm enjoying myself. This show is terrific.
1: Most of the concerts that I go to see now, so I don't worry about that because it's... It's like electric six, so people my age, you can tell the thirty somethings that are in the crowd.
0: Yeah, hundred percent.
1: We're not drinking as much as we used to, and
0: go see a classic rock band that will make you feel young at a gig. (laughs) If you see somebody whose first record came out in like the (laughs) seventies, but yeah, yeah, uh, we saw Stiff Little Fingers across the street. Okay, just the oldest mosh pit I've ever seen, (laughs) and I loved it. I feel like. My body would break if I threw it into a mosh pit. But I love the idea that the option is very much on the table. Yes. If my inner shitty 19-year-old punk kid decides, Nope, this is the mosh pit for me.
1: No, I, I've seen a concert about five years ago, and there was a mosh pit, and I just... I stayed on the outside of that. I, I did not want to get in there.
0: That's correct. Which is a shame, because Calgary will form a mosh pit to anyway, I quite like that about this town. I don't know if it's still true. Dickens is a great venue for that. Yes. Because they are doing an unregulated mosh pit. Like, there is not security people pulling you out. If you try to crowd surf, they are counting on you to be responsible. Which is probably, like, dangerous and possibly a legal liability.
1: I feel like if I was crowd surfing there, I might hit the ceiling.
0: Frequently. They're a basement club. Yeah, They're a perfect music venue. Yeah, Modest mouse. Come to Calgary (laughs) and... Play, play at Dickens, except that if Modest Mouse put out a record after a four or five year damp, it would probably do very well for them, and they would play a much larger venue. Yes,
1: yes. But it'd still be cool to see them at a venue like that.
0: That is correct. That is the correct kind of venue for this type of band. Because they're a band that is sonically rather than commercially ambitious, which I guess is why I like them.
1: Yes. You, you nailed it right there for me as well. It's not about commercial... Well, yeah, they probably want some commercial success to keep them going. Yeah,
0: everybody wants to communicate but, what they've created but as yeah, widely as possible.
1: They're, they're not concerned about the top 40 hit, it seems. Like yeah. Putting out six of them on one album, having 400 producers, and it's just a good, solid album that you really want to listen to. So,
0: Yeah, it's the album that they want to make. Yeah, People will bag on indie bands being unambitious and saying, well, we're just going to make the music that we like, and if people want to come to us, that's great, but if not, But there is an appeal to that. Yeah. Plowing your own furrow. Yeah, exactly. Letting whomever wants to join you, join you, and letting whomever does not go find something that they might like better. Exactly. It's 2007, for God's sake. If you don't like Modest Mouse, there's a T Pain record right down the street that you can enjoy instead. Truly, we are living in a golden age. (laughs) Yes. But I guess that brings us to about 45.
1: Yeah, that's uh, quick.
0: Yeah, these things burn by. I'm going to close the episode, as I always do, asking you three questions. I suspect that I already know the answers. You're going to listen to We Were Dead Before the Ship Even Sank ever again?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: Are you going to look into the rest of their catalog? Oh, yeah. Solid. Good news for people who love bad news is fantastic. If you wanted a next step, Float On is a classic. Yeah. I will crush it at karaoke when I'm in a very specific mood. But there really are no wrong answers with Modest Mouse's career. They have yet to put out anything that I have not enjoyed.
1: Well, I think what I'm going to do is just listen from the very first album right out.
0: Yeah, was, yeah. Marathon their career.
1: Yeah, exactly. And with Google Music, it's easy to do that. So
0: Yeah, you can absolutely fill your entire phone with one band and then listen to it non-stop.
1: Exactly, and that's what I'll probably end up doing, so nice. am looking forward to it.
0: Nice, I'm so glad. And if you had to pick one song uh, off this record that you would close the episode on, which one would you pick?
1: Um, education. Education? Yeah.
0: All right, we're closing on education. Nice. This has been the Soundtrack to a Life. Follow along on Facebook and Twitter at SoundtrackCast. soundtrackcast SoundtrackCast.com. Like us, share us, rate us, review us, treat us like you would a podcast. Give us an excellent review, or give us a terrible review. If you give us a terrible review, I'll read it on the air. I might cut that part. I really don't want a terrible review, you guys. <laughs> Please don't make that happen for me. This is a terrible dream that I have set out there, and somebody is going to take me up on it. Avery, plug your pluggables. Where do we find you?
1: Um, you can find me on Twitter at the mess hall pod, Facebook mess hall podcast. Cause I made a spelling mistake. I didn't put a T at the end of it, and I refuse to go back and fix that spelling error because I think it's funny, and that's the way my life runs. It. Yeah, mess hall podcast. Give it a listen. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Radio Player FM, wherever you find your podcasts,
0: So Every place good podcasts are served. This has been the Soundtrack to a Life. We will be back for you in uh, two weeks to talk about a very different record from this. Bye! Holy education It will somewhere in
1: between Oh, I hit the roof But I